Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments. This is Season 6, so sit back and enjoy. Listen to some stories of the weird, of the odd, of the strange and unusual some ghost stories, some cryptid stories, some just strange stuff. Again, welcome to Season 6. Enjoy! Hello my Mysterians, this is Terry from Texas hosting Terry's Mysterious Moments. This story is not so weird and it's not so odd as much as it is just humanly strange. In the great and terrible struggle known as World War II, Germany, most notably the Nazis, and I separate them because not all Germans were Nazis, were known to be involved in liberating works of art across Europe and even into Russia. Some of it was taken outright Museums were looted, family collections were confiscated because the families were Jewish or other undesirable peoples. Some of the art was taken from churches. No place was sacred. The Germans stole everything they could. Where did it all go? Into Germany, into high-ranking Germans' homes and private collections. Spoils of war, they call it, I'd wager. But a plan was made to help recover the stolen art and to protect as much of the rest as possible. Now I need to backtrack a minute. Some of the art was hidden by the museums and by churches. They, they found places to hide it to keep it out of the Germans' hands. The monuments, fine arts, and archives program, also known as the MFAA, under the civil affairs and military government sections of the Allied armies was established in 1943 to help protect cultural property in war areas during and after World War II. The group of approximately 400 service members and civilians worked with military forces to safeguard historic and cultural monuments from war damage. And as the conflict came to a close, to find and return works of art and other items of cultural importance that had been stolen by the Nazis or hidden for safekeeping. Some of them were portrayed and honored in the 2014 film, The Monuments Men. The Monuments Men is a 2014 war film directed by George Clooney and written and produced by Clooney and Grant Heslov. The film stars an ensemble cast including Clooney, Matt Damon, Bill Murray, John Goodman, Gene Dujardin, Bob Balaban, Hugh Bonneville, 
and Kate Blanchett. The film is loosely based on the 2007 non-fiction book The Monuments Men, Allied Heroes, Nazi Thieves, and The Greatest Treasure Hunt in History by Robert M. Etzel and Brett Witter. It follows an allied group from the Monuments Fine Arts and Archives program that is given the task of finding and saving pieces of art and other culturally important items before the Nazis destroy or steal them during World War II. The Monuments Men was co-produced by Columbia Pictures in association with 20th Century Fox and Babelsberg Studio. It received mixed critical reviews and grossed $155 million worldwide against a $70 million budget. Many of the men and women of the MFAA, also known as Monuments Men, went on to have prolific careers, largely art historians and museum personnel. Many of the American members of the group had formative roles in the growth of the United States' greatest cultural institutions, including the National Gallery of Art, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum, and the New York City Ballet. Members from other Allied powers, such as the United Kingdom and France, also found post-war success in museums and other institutions across the world. The legacy of the men and women who served in the MFAA lives on through the creation of the Monuments Men Foundation for the Preservation of Art, a U.S. nonprofit founded by American author and philanthropist Robert M. Edsel. The foundation seeks to further the mission of the MFAA by recovering Nazi looted artworks, documents, and other cultural objects and returning them to their rightful owners. Monuments men and women have worked directly with the foundation, including Harry L. Etlinger and Motoko Fujishiro Huthwaite. Even before the U.S. entered World War II, art professions and organizations such as the American Defense Harvard Group and the American Council of Learned Societies, or the ACLS, were working to identify and protect European art and monuments in harm's way or in danger of Nazi plundering. The groups sought a national organization affiliated with the military, which would have the same goal. Francis Henry Taylor, director of the Metropolitan Museum of Art, took their concerns to Washington, D.C. Their efforts ultimately led to the establishment by U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt of the American Commission for the Protection and Salvage of Artistic and Historic Monuments in War Areas on June 23, 1943. What began as a brain trust of the art world's finest during the war became a group of 345 men and women from 13 countries that comprised the Monuments, Fine Arts and Archives Section Unit. They spent 1945 seeking out more than 1,000 troves containing an estimated 5 million pieces of artwork and cultural items stolen from wealthy Jews, museums, universities, and religious institutions. For six years after the surrender, a smaller group of about 60 Monuments men continued scouring Europe as art detectives. 
commonly referred to as the Roberts Commission after its chairman, Supreme Court Justice Owen J. Roberts, the group was charged with promoting the preservation of cultural properties in war areas, including the European, Mediterranean, and Far Eastern theaters of operations, providing that this mission did not interfere with military operations. Headquartered at the National Gallery of Art in Washington, D.C., the Commission drew up lists and reports on European cultural treasures and provided them to military units in hopes that these monuments would be protected whenever possible. The Commission helped establish an MFAA branch within the civil affairs and military government sections of the Allied armies, led by Major L. Bansel Lafarge. After the war, the Roberts Commission helped the MFAA and Allied forces return Nazi-confiscated artworks to rightful owners. It also promoted public awareness of looted cultural works. The group was dissolved in June of 1946 when the State Department took over its duties and functions. General Dwight D. Eisenhower facilitated the work of the MFAA by forbidding looting, destruction, and billeting in structures of cultural significance. Although I'm sure there was looting to some degree and destruction almost certainly. Unfortunately, thus is the nature of war. Ike also repeatedly ordered his forces to assist the MFAA as much as possible. This was the first time in history an army attempted to fight a war and at the same time reduce damage to cultural monuments and property. Prior to this war, no army had thought of protecting the monuments of the country and with which it was at war, and there were no precedents to follow. All this was changed by a general order issued by Supreme Commander-in-Chief General Eisenhower just before he left Algiers, an order accompanied by a personal letter to all commanders. The good name of the army depended in great measure on the respect which it showed to the art heritage of the modern world. So wrote Lieutenant Colonel Sir Leonard Woolley, Monuments, Fine Arts, and Archives Officer. As Allied forces made their way through Europe, liberating Nazi-occupied territories, Monuments men were present in very small numbers at the front lines. Lacking handbooks, resources, or supervision, this initial handful of officers relied on their museum training and overall resourcefulness to perform their tasks. There was no established precedent for what they confronted. They worked in the field under the operations branch of SHAFE, which is Supreme Headquarters Allied Expeditionary Force, Europe, commanded by Eisenhower. And they were actively involved in battle preparations. In preparing to take Florence, which was used by the Nazis as a supply distribution center due to its central location in Italy, Allied troops relied on aerial photographs provided by the MFAA, which were marked with monuments of cultural importance so that pilots could avoid damaging such sites during the bombings. When damage to monuments did occur, and I'm sure they did, MFAA personnel worked to assess the damage and buy time for the eventual restoration work that would follow. 
Monuments Officer Dean Keller had a prominent role in saving the Campo Santo in Pisa after a mortar round started a fire that melted the lead roof, which then bled down the iconic 14th century fresco-covered walls. Keller led a team of Italian and American troops and restorers in recovering the remaining fragments of the frescoes and in building a temporary roof to protect the structure from further damage. Restoration of the frescoes continues even today. Countless other monuments, churches, and works of art were saved or protected by, by the dedicated personnel of the MFAA section. Frequently entering liberated towns and cities ahead of ground troops, monuments men worked quickly to assess damage and make temporary repairs before moving on with Allied armies as they conquered Nazi territory. Two monuments officers were killed in Europe, both near the front lines of the Allied advance into Germany. Captain Walter Hutchhausen, an American scholar and architect attached to the U.S. Ninth Army, was killed in April of 1945 by small arms fire somewhere north of Essen and east of Aachen, Germany. Major Ronald Edmund Balfour, a British scholar attached to the Canadian First Army, was killed in March 1945 by an explosion in Cleves, Germany. American and Allied forces in Europe discovered hidden caches of priceless treasures. Many were the product of looting by Adolf Hitler and the Nazis. Others had been legitimately evacuated from museums for safekeeping. Monuments men oversaw the safeguarding, cataloging, removal, and packing of all works from all these repositories. In Italy, museum officials had sent their holdings to various countryside locations, such as the Tuscan village of Montegufoni, which housed some of the Florentine collections. As Allied forces advanced through Italy, the German army retreated north, stealing paintings and sculptures from these repositories as they fled. As German forces neared the Austrian border, they were forced to store most of their loot in various hiding places, such as a castle at Sand in Tolfers and a jail cell in San Leonardo. Beginning in late March of 1945, Allied forces began discovering these hidden repositories in what became the greatest treasure hunt in history. In Germany alone, U.S. forces found about 1,500 repositories of art and cultural objects looted from institutions and individuals across Europe, as well as German and Austrian museum collections that had been evacuated for safekeeping. Soviet forces also made discoveries, such as treasures from the extraordinary Dresden Transport Museum. Hundreds of the artifacts were surrendered by or had their locations reported by SS General Carl Wolf as part of Operation Sunrise, his secret negotiation with the Office of Strategic Services. These included the contents of the Uffizi and PT palaces and paintings by Titian and Botticelli. Some of the repositories discovered by monuments men in Germany, Austria, and Italy were in Berchtesgaden, Germany, the 101st Airborne Division known as the Screaming Eagles, found more than 1,000 paintings and sculptures stolen 
by German Reichsmarshal Hermann Göring. The cash had been transferred from his country estate, Karenhall, and moved to Berchtesgaden in April of 1945. In Bernterode, Germany, Americans found four coffins containing the remains of Germany's greatest leaders, including those of Frederick the Great, who was Frederick II of Prussia, and Field Marshal Paul von Hindenburg. Also found in the mine were 271 paintings, including court portraits from the Prussian Sans Souci Palace in Potsdam, Germany, which had been hidden behind a locked door and a brick wall nearly five feet thick. The site was originally used in as an ammunition and military supply complex manned by hundreds of slave laborers. In Merkers, Germany, the Kaiser Road mine at Merkers was discovered by the U.S. Third Army under General Patton in April of 1945. Reichsbank gold, along with 400 paintings from the Berlin Museums and numerous other crates of treasures were also discovered. More dismal discoveries included gold and personal belongings from Nazi concentration camp victims. In Neuschwanstein Castle, Germany, over 6,000 items stolen by the ERR or the Einsatzstab Reichsleiter Rosenberg, which was Alfred Rosenberg's task force that analyzed the legalized looting of Jews from private collectors in France, were found here, including furniture, jewelry, paintings, and other belongings. Monuments man Captain James Rorimer oversaw the evacuation of the repository, which also held ERR documents. Altasay, Austria, this extensive complex of salt mines served as a huge repository for art stolen by the Nazis, but it also contained holdings from Austrian collections. More than 6,500 paintings alone were discovered at Altasay. The contents included Belgian-owned treasures such as Michelangelo's Madonna of Bruges, stolen from the Church of Our Lady in Bruges, Belgium, and Jan van Eyck's Ghent altarpiece, stolen from St. Bavo Cathedral in Ghent. Vermeer's The Astronomer and the Art of Painting, which were to be focal points of Hitler's Führer Museum in Linz, Austria, and paintings from the Capo di Monte Museum in Naples, Italy, that had been stolen by the Hermann Goering Tank Division, the Fallschirmpanzer Division I, Hermann Goering, out of Monte Cassino in Italy. In San Leonardo, Italy, in the jail cell of this far northern town, Allied officials discovered paintings from the Uffizi that had been hurriedly loaded by retreating German troops. Among the masterpieces were paintings by Sandro Botticelli, Filippo Lippi, and Giovanni Bellini. Reichsbank gold, along with 400 paintings from the Berlin Museums and numerous other crates of treasures were also discovered. No one can say for absolute, sure as shooting, God's honest truth, what percentage of looted art and personal possessions were recovered. Needless to say, it was a lot. In a panic not to get caught by the rapidly advancing allies, 
the Nazis or Germans were acting out Hitler's orders and were burning, blowing up, and burying any evidence of their thievery, including some of the liberated items that they had taken. Thus, many priceless works of art, paintings, and sculptures were lost. Many may still be hidden away, awaiting discovery by some future monuments man. What drove these people to find and protect art? Many of them were involved in the world of art in some way. I'm sure there were some involved who were seeking pats on the back, but I think the majority of them were trying to return some form of normalcy back to the world of their time. To those people we give honor. They fought in their own ways. This will air during Veterans Day week. My two great-great-grandfathers were Confederate veterans. My father and his brothers served in World War II. Two brothers served in Vietnam. A brother-in-law was a Vietnam-era veteran. My two other brothers were peacetime vets. I had a nephew that served in the 82nd Airborne during the 1980s. I honor their time and service, as should we all. To those of you who listen and are veterans, thank you for your service. Well, that's all for this week. I hope you'll be back next week when I present more stories for Terry's Mysterious Moments. Again, they may be stories of the strange, stories of the weird, stories of the eerie. Maybe just wonder why they happened. Anyway, have a good week. Signing off from Texas.